Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to an episode of the Leadership Podcast, the podcast where we talk to people who are good at what they do to inspire leaders to get better. Folks, my name is Jared Hogue, and I'm joined with the one, the only Roman, you should fear my beard, Johnson. Hey, it's great to be here. I uh, hope everyone's doing doing good. Uh, if you have a beard um, over the airwaves, my beard is high-fiving your beard right now. Uh, so we just shared a, a sweet connection. That's, uh, that's the weirdest uh connection why would you want your faces to touch no i said my beard it's like our beards like have a high five not our faces but if your beards gave each other a high five your faces would touch yeah i'd have to grow mine out a little bit for our faces not to touch (laughs) roman how the heck are you uh, I've, I am great. Uh, I'm feeling good. I, it's, it's summer right now at the time of this recording and, uh, been outside a lot, got my tan on. I got a good base going. Uh, I've hit the pool a few times and, uh, yeah, generally I am doing swell. How are you? I am good. Uh, it's not been quite pool weather up here, although I will say we hit the beach, uh, last Monday, which was a lot of fun. Uh, my daughter Pepper thought it was amazing. Uh, and it wasn't even a very big beach. Like, it was just a little lake beach, but it, it was pretty fun. That's cool. Yeah, you sent me a picture. It looked uh, it looked gorgeous. Yep, it was <laughs> gorgeous. It was very luscious. Was there was there waves? Was there, like, waves that you could uh, no, not body so surf? No, definitely not. Definitely not. It was like a lagoon then. They, a lagoon would be a better word for it. That's mm. definitely, definitely what it would have been. So, yeah. Uh, Roman, what uh, we talk about this a lot, but hey, man, what what podcast have you listened to recently that you've thoroughly enjoyed? Or I'm gonna I'm gonna add another one on there, or a song that you have thoroughly enjoyed. Oh man, okay, I'll go with the song because we talked about the, the podcast uh, a lot. Uh, I don't want to be overly churchy here. Um, okay, I'll do a couple songs. I'll do one that probably everyone's heard, and another one that is a little more underground. So, okay, first one on the new Hillsong record, Wonder. Um, I know that's like probably the typical churchy answer, but there's a song called, uh, a billion times or so will I, maybe it's, it's, it has the word billion in it, but it, at first I listened to it and it was like, yeah, this is okay. Like it's a kind of a new singer than Hillsong usually uses like, and he sounds cool. But then once you listen to the words of it, like it will make you weep. Like it is so wow. powerful. The words of that song. Um, so that one's really cool. And then, uh, and then Okay, so I'll, I'll go with a non-church one. Um, I, I really have been digging the vibes of, of Justin Bieber lately, you know? Like, mm. he's been putting out, some, putting out some fire. Like, the dude, I think he just broke the Beatles record for, like, t- t- songs on the top three charts for the longest time. Like, he's on top of the world right now. Good grief. The song, uh, that's, he's got the Summer Jam uh, with DJ Khaled. I can't remember the name of it, but it's got a cool vibe. Chance the Rapper's in there. And then I'll go back to church uh, songs. So I, I sent you the album of Will Reagan and the United Pursuit. Yep. Uh, so they have a song called, um, uh, what is it called? Not, not, in, so, a not in a Hurry. Not in a Hurry by yeah. Will Reagan. It's so good. It is really He's got good. kind of a Ray LeMontag vibe yep. to him. And he's, it's just, it's an interesting sound for worship music, but it's like gospel-y. Yep. Uh, and it's just really, really great. I've, it's kind of one that I found like through related artists on Spotify. And I felt like, like the cool kid who like had music that other people weren't listening to. So I've like been sending it to everybody because it gives me, uh, it makes me feel better about myself. It gives you some street cred. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> how about, how about you song? 
Oh, you, you only get one since I talk for so long. I I only get one. I dude, I have not listened to a ton of music lately. Uh, crazy enough, um, I've been devouring podcasts uh, these days, and and then that when you sent me that song, I've been listening to it. Really, I I just started listening to some other songs on there. That's a really good album. That the, they're all they're all really good. Yeah, I love the gospel vibe to it. I will say, and I haven't even finished this yet. But uh, Elevation, which I know we all listen to Elevation, uh, they released a, a, I don't even think it was a, I don't know exactly what it was, to be honest with you. It's a shorter talk than uh, Furtick normally does, but it's called When Measurements Mislead. Uh, Again, that's When Measurements Mislead. And uh, he opens with talking about this book that he read the first chapter of and how oftentimes our pursuit is in accolades uh, for uh, for our resume, that we're we're searching for things to build a resume, when in God's in God's records we should be searching for things essentially that build our character. Mm. Um, and I thought it was really really good. I have I haven't even finished. I think I'm like six minutes into the talk, but like I got that, and it was a huge punch in the gut to me because I can totally see that being me. Um, yeah. And so. So yeah, um, that's one. Of course, we've talked about it before. How I built this. I haven't listened to that much actually lately. But dude, you know there was a series that Chris Hodges did at Church of the Highlands about the Holy Spirit that is incredible, absolutely incredible. If you've not listened to it, I'd highly recommend that you check that out. Highly I've listened recommend. to one of one of them, and it was very good. And yeah. I have not made it back to the others, but he uh, breaks. It, I, he, I will at some point. He breaks it all down so so simple. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. So we have talked for a very long time and not really referenced uh, the show for today, Roman. This hey, is this a- is our this is our, this is our podcast, Jared. Okay, <laughs> we want to talk for a long time. We're going to do it. I don't, I don't I don't I don't care. Okay. Sorry, I'm getting so angry. Sorry, I'm I'm losing my cool, and I'm going to take it down three notches. Here we go. All right, I'm down three notches, and I feel better. <laughs> Well, Roman, this is episode 69. We're almost to episode 70 here on the Leadership Podcast. And you know what happens at episode 70. I actually don't. Uh, setting you up to, to make a good joke, oh, but you, you really ruined it. I was going to uh, say that you were going to write another rap, but then you're like, you're on the hook again for it. I'm definitely not. Maybe if you ask me, I can. maybe I'll freestyle something. I'll, I'll ask you. I'll ask you. I'm sure sure I will disappoint. <laughs> Nonsense. So, folks, this is episode 69. We've got Kyle Turner, the senior pastor of the Cause Church. He not only is the senior pastor, lead pastor, whatever people are calling it these days, uh, he founded the church at a very young age. And we talk about his process uh, of planting and getting this going. He actually comes from a lineage of pastors, which is really, really cool. Um, but it's really fascinating. We actually talk more about, like, making sure you know your calling um, and how crucial that is to whatever it is that you're going to do. Um, And we talk a lot about that, like as young people on this, that like we know God's calling us to more and we want to get there, uh, but we need to make sure that we know our calling. And he actually talks about some really practical things that he and his wife Liz did to really solidify that for themselves. And uh, this is actually one of three. We're, we're doing a little mini series here, Roman, uh, on church planning. We've got an episode coming up with Dan Matlock, who pa- planted I- Icon Church down in San Marcos, Texas. And we're talking with uh, Pastor Eric Lawson, who who planted uh, Element Church in uh, near St. Louis, Missouri. And um, 
So Kyle's going to be kicking all of this off, and I'm just super, super excited to, to bring this to you all. Um, all three conversations are phenomenal. I, I recommend subscribing and checking it out. Um, and I think, Roman, you have something you want to add. I was going to ask, let's say I'm not a church planner. Should yeah. I just tune the rest of these? Should I just tune the next three episodes out? Yes. Like, am I going to get anything out of these? Yes, you should tune it out if you're a crazy person. No, of course you're <laughs> going to get something out of this. The Bible says very clearly, like wisdom stands on the corner and cries out. We just have to go look for it. And I, I'm a huge proponent of like, look for it anywhere, look for it everywhere. Even if it's not your area of expertise, like wisdom is there. Wisdom is in everything. Let's and say I'm so, building a business. Yeah. Could I, could I benefit from these? these oh my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can, because we're talking about building something from the ground up. It doesn't matter if you're building a church, building a business, building a nonprofit for profit. It doesn't matter. It's all the, there are some variables that are different, but by and large, it's the same thing. And so Let's not be so arrogant to think that if I'm starting a business, I can't listen to a church, or if I'm starting a church, I can't listen to a business. No, wisdom is everywhere. So let's go get it. Let's go get it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you angry. <laughs> no, no, man. I just, I apparently <laughs> always sound angry when I get passionate. So I was not angry. That was my passion coming through right I know, there. I was just very, joking. very excited. I know, I know. Um, but hey, folks, uh, let's go on this journey together. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any of this mini series. Uh, kicking it off here on episode 69 of the Leadership Podcast is Kyle Turner. Well, Kyle, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. I'm super pumped to have you here. Yeah, I'm honored to be here, Chair. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, hey, give us a little backstory. I, I know you're in Kansas City right now, but tell our listeners a little bit about what you're doing as well as how you got there. All right. Well, I uh, planted a church uh, kind of in the central corridor of Kansas City area called the Plaza. Um, our church is six years old, and um, I, I, I'm from a, kind of a couple generations of and both of my brothers as well um, are, are church planners, so it's kind of a genetic disorder uh, that we all carry. Um, we moved to Kansas City, uh, I guess it would be seven years ago now, and we just we didn't know a single person here, but we just knew this is where we were called to be. And so we teamed up with um, some great uh, leaders and influencers that helped us plant some churches and planting churches all over the nation, all over the world, and got some training. Uh, but we'd been in ministry, my wife and I, for a while. Uh, but we left my dad's church, Northeast Oklahoma. And honestly, it was a great church. It still is a great church. My brother now pastors that church. And it probably would have been something we would have inherited if we wanted to stay around. But we felt like God had called us to kind of risk big. And so when I was 28 years old, we moved to uh, to Kansas City to start this church, the Cause Church. And uh, we're loving life. It's uh, With anything in the kingdom of God, I think there's a lot of sacrifice. and a lot of resistance, but there's also just a lot of fruit. And it's been uh, the most amazing journey. We've had both of our kids since we moved to Kansas City, so this really does feel like home. I love this city, and uh, I probably will be here the rest of my life. And I'm grateful for uh, that I can say that. Not everybody can say that. I kind of feel like I know where I'm supposed to be, know where I'm called to be, know what I'm supposed to do, and just doing my best to kind of follow God's leading in every season and having a blast while I while I, uh, and getting to talk to people like you, which is, which is super fun. So I'm excited for all God is doing, all that he's done and, uh, for our time to, to chat a little bit about church planning today. For sure, man. And so, you know, we're, you're kind of kicking off a little mini series here on church planning. Um, and one of the things I thought was fascinating is that we've got Dan Matlock coming up and Eric Lawson, 
uh, on the show, and I asked them both specifically why they chose the cities that they did, and they both had great answers. But just in in your and my conversations prior to this this interview, um, your answer was a little bit different than theirs. And so I'd like you to share why you and Liz decided on Kansas City. Well, we we came up here just to get away because I think when you're in Northeast Oklahoma, there's not a lot of uh, amazing places to go. You can go to Dallas, you can go to Kansas City. I've been to Dallas a ton, and so we came to get away. My wife actually surprised me on a little trip for my birthday. Um, and we came up here, and while we were here, I, I the really the, the only way I can really fully describe it is that this God really spoke to our hearts and spoke to my heart and to Liz's heart really on the same night that we would have a church here. And I am not a hear from God all the time kind of guy. I don't hear the voice of God all that that clearly like like this, like I did this. The only other time I can compare it to is when I really got my life right with Jesus uh, in about 2001, where I really felt like God. I knew God loved me, and He called me into ministry, and He had something more for me. And I kind of had that same feeling here. So we were young. Um, we 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 didn't have a lot to our name. We did not know anybody in the city, but we could anchor ourselves to the fact that God called us here. And I know there's a lot of great strategies in church planning. I think people can look at demographics of growth and city and where they need more churches. I think everywhere needs better churches and more churches. I'm all for that. But for our story in particular, especially since I think we faced a lot of, um, well, I wouldn't call them hardships. There was just difficulty in getting traction here right off the bat. Because we didn't have a lot of resources and we didn't have any relationships here, I could always go back to the fact that I knew I was called here. I could anchor my hope and my like security, the fact that I know God like you know doesn't change his mind on on things like that, that what he spoke is going to be true for me. And so while I'm a huge fan of people having a great strategy and looking at demographics for church planning because we've seen that be successful all over the nation. Um, I, I think there's something great about old school, like this is what God said, and this is what I'm going to do. I think I needed that maybe more than some other guys do. I needed to know that this is something I was called to do. And uh, I'm grateful for a wife that believed in it too, and um, that we got united around it. And uh, here we are. We're, we're coming up on seven years, and uh, we're having the best time. We're seeing, them, honestly, we're seeing the most growth, the most amazing testimonies, and uh, it's it's working which maybe in itself is a miracle. So it's been awesome. Man, that's, that is awesome. And, you, you know, before we were, we were uh, actually doing the interview here, we were talking a little bit, and you were kind of talking about these three different pieces that came into play with the church plant, and one of them being the unity that you and your wife had in knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is where you were supposed to go. And because now being part of a church plant and seeing the, the, the highs and probably oftentimes in the beginning, more, more so the lows of church planting, um, how crucial was that unity between the two of you in doing this? Well, honestly, Liz and I really are a team. Uh, we worked in ministry together for my dad. Um, and I know this isn't everybody's story. Not every, every, even even some of the pastor voices in my own life, their wives are just incredible at just being a great wife and a great mom and kind of holding down the home front. And I, I think that's amazing. That is not our story. Liz is, is gifted and called alongside me. Um, and we navigated how that looks in different seasons, but she really knew from God as well that this is what we were supposed to do. And so we could always, and we didn't have kids. And, and I, I know there's going to be a lot of church planners that have four 
five, six, eight, nine kids because they've been in youth ministry. And sometimes when you're a youth pastor, you just keep having kids for whatever reason. <laughs> um, but we didn't yet. We met a little later in, in life and uh, and had waited a couple of years to have kids. And so we moved up here. It was just us. And so it was kind of like this great adventure that we did together. I think if you have to talk your wife into something, you're missing the whole point. Mm. I think she should have a passion for it too. And she might not be as passionate as the church planter is in the moment, but that's why you pray and you lead her. You know, the Bible talks about gently washing your wife with the Word of God. And I think, you know, I don't think women want to be, like, tricked into something. I think the Word of God and their own faith life should be kind of enthusiastic and excited about, because it does, you got to have unity. I mean, you know, the Bible says where there's unity, He commands a blessing. And honestly, where I've seen churches falter is when there's been disunity not just in a church leadership, but particularly between a wife and a husband. So you don't have to know everything about how it's going to work out. In fact, God very rarely reveals everything, every piece of the puzzle. But if you can grab a hold of unity, I think you're well on your way to getting some traction. And then you guys can laugh about the, the, the stuff that goes wrong um, instead of arguing about it. Someone's on the team early and then they end up leaving. Um, it's something you guys can carry together. It's not just the weight that's on one of you. Um, and I think sometimes when guys kind of try to talk their wives into a church plant, if it doesn't go right, right off the bat, which very rarely does it, um, there's kind of this, I told you so side of it. And I just think that that could be a breeding ground for something uh, mm. much worse than being frustrated about church planting. So you just, you just don't want that in your life. You want to be able to, to be able to uh, step into it together. Even if she's not going to be on the forefront of leading it, she's with you. And biblically speaking, I don't need to you know, preach to the choir here, but you guys are one, so you should be in unity when you make decisions like this. And so that's why it's just good to count the cost. I think some guys have such a passion to plant a church that they jump into it. And I think it's something you do need to step into wholeheartedly. But, you know, just because you maybe you feel like you're going to miss a window, it's better to do it right and in, with unity with your wife than it is just to go and do it. Mm. Because uh, I think God just does something special when you're committed to each other and committed um, to the cause that God's given you, not the cause church. So, you know, <laughs> um, had to throw that in there. Right, right. Uh, you, you said one of the other things you did. So you guys really felt like you heard from God that Kansas City was where you were going to go. And, and at uh -huh. that, I mean, it really had to be something you heard from God, because like you said, you went up there and didn't know anybody. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, we had $7,000 to like, you know, move here with to build the church. Wow. And, you know, Kansas City has kind of lower cost of living than many places in the United States. But, you know, where we were called to be, you know, that's just about six months of rent for a little apartment here. And that's about it. So, you know, you know, you have to have some faith. And so you have to be able to anchor to something. And when we had the kind of the voice from God that says, hey, this is what you're supposed to do and the unity that we had. I mean, I think that's it's just such a huge part of the foundation of success in ministry is being in unity with your wife and your spouse and knowing this is what God called you guys to do. So after you guys had, had decided and you were unified in this, in this front, you guys are, you guys are going to go do this. You're going to take the risk. You're moving to Kansas city. Um, what was like, did, was there anyone else that you talked to or discussed this over with just to get some counsel on this? Oh, of course. You know, we, we, we waited a couple of days but we were excited. Like honestly, we really were like giddy. Like oh, we think we know what God's called us to do next. And but we had to present that to my parents because my parents, my dad wasn't just my pastor; it was also my boss. And 
uh, I won't go into deep, but dad, my dad and I haven't always seen eye to eye. I think it's because we're a lot alike in many ways. Uh, and so even working for him, it was definitely, well, let's say iron sharpens iron, you know, and he had, and the more I'd stepped into ministry, senior leadership these last few years, the more honor and respect I have for him. But I went to him as my pastor, not my boss, and as my dad, and said, hey, Liz and I feel like this is something. And honestly, in my heart of hearts, I fully expected him to be like, no, not yet. You're too young. What about taking over his church? Because my dad's church was really growing. It's really thriving. It was really healthy. Um I, but deep down, I think my parents knew, my dad knew that we weren't always going to be there, that there was something else for us. And um, and so when he brought it before him, I, I was blown away because they were so excited for us. They were on board. They wanted to help us with the timeline of how to make it happen. Um, they helped send us to get our church planning training through a group called ARC, uh, the Association of Related Churches at ARC. We were, again, really young at the time, but they thought we could do it. They believed in us. They took us through the process and um, kind of approved us when I didn't think we'd fully get approved. So we had some of these green lights going in the right direction. In fact, it was at our conference um, at a church, Matt Fry's church. It's a C3 church in the Raleigh area. There's our conference. And that's when I feel like the I got the green light that we can move to Kansas City. So we kind of just took everything in process. We talked to my parents as my pastor's. Liz and I had unity together, and then we felt like God gave us the green light on the timeline of when to go and do it, and um, and we followed the plan to the best of your, our ability, and so we had those. Uh, I, I think it's like kind of three pieces. We had the, the the unity piece, which I think is the most important one, and then we had that kind of authority piece over our life. People said, "Yeah, you could do this. I see this in you. We are with you." And I realize not everybody who's going to be listening to this maybe has a pastor that believes that they could be a church planner. Maybe he thinks, I, I don't want to be critical, but thinks maybe a little smaller. Or, um, But I just think there's something beautiful about honoring and obeying your pastor. It's kind of an old school uh, way of thinking that I, I don't think is actually old school. I just think it's the way that works. And even if you'd honor your pastor's request to maybe slow down your timeline, but you honored him in your heart, I feel like God would expedite it on the other end because he just works kind of through healthy authority and submission and obedience. So we had unity, we had authority, and then the last piece I think is really pivotal. It's just you have to have a passion for it. It's entrepreneurism at its hardest because it's not just a new endeavor. It's a new endeavor for the kingdom of God, which means you're going to have the resistance of the enemy. And I'm not talking like, I'm not going to go deep into spiritual warfare, but I think we all are in agreement that you know, there's resistance to building God's church. Jesus said that he'd build it and nothing would prevail against it. Hell would not prevail against it, but they're still going to try. And so you have to have a passion and a work ethic and a desire, which I think comes back from that kind of hearing from God. But I know if God's in this, then God's going to help this. And if what I see before me isn't what I had dreamed in my heart, it's only a matter of time because you know, God didn't bring me here to disappoint me. He didn't call me to something that's going to fail. And so you can kind of anchor your hope in, in that. Wow. Man, that's, that's some really good stuff. And, I, you know, I, I kind of want to jump back a little bit in that you keep talking about the call and making sure you can anchor to this. Um, and one thing you said kind of in our pre-conversation, if you will, is you, you kind of phrased it two different ways. One of them was just owning your place, and the other one was to do whatever it takes to hear from God to make sure that what you heard was right, because you said that's one thing for you and Liz that you were able to always go back to 
to say, yes, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is what God called us to do. Because I would imagine that you would, the, some of the advice you get would give is that times are going to get hard. Like this is not, yeah. if it was easy, everybody would do it. And so, yeah, like, what did that process look like for you guys? Like the whole, you made the statement was do whatever it takes to hear from God. Like, what did you do beyond, I know you yeah. said you went to Kansas City, but like, what else happened in this timeline? Well, we, well, let me put it this way. In this information age that we're in, where you can like literally look up, download, um, you, you can, you can like find out strategy, buy a book of how to plan a church. I think all those things are wonderful, but it gives a lot of people the opportunity to start something. But I think for a church to succeed, it kind of has to be deposited there by God. And so when guys are uncertain, about where they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to do next. I, I know anytime you're speaking to a group of 10 like church leaders, whether they're senior leaders or not, a lot of them are dealing with what's next. And so think, you know, all the listeners on the podcast, I'm sure there's some people there that are wondering, God, what do you have for me? Is it church planning? Do I stay the course where I'm at? Do I go try to start something new? I, I think hearing from heaven is the most important thing in our life um, because you know, God's given us the, the, the His presence to kind of lead and guide us no matter what we're facing. God doesn't want you to be frustrated, but it allows us to go through frustrating seasons to produce something great. I wouldn't just go play in a church, though, out of frustration. I wouldn't go and play in a church just because, you know, honestly, just because I need I couldn't get a church job somewhere else. I think you really have to own your place of calling. And and so I'm actually not a proponent that we need like thousands and thousands of more churches. I think we need thousands of better churches. And I think the best churches are produced when the right leader is in the right place with the right team. But to be that kind of right leader, you need to know this is the right thing that God asked you to do. So uh, a great story I always had to look back is kind of how my family got into ministry. Now, my grandpa was a was a minister in South Dakota for a few years and quit the ministry out of frustration. Uh, it wasn't working. The finances were too tight. It was just so difficult. And so... Um, you know, he kind of, and I, I don't want to be critical of my grandfather, he's no longer with us on the earth, but he um, he kind of went with a system of a denomination, went through their schooling, they put, they told him to go to a place, and he honored that and went went all out. So uh, there's obviously, that's kind of the authority piece, and that was great. And I'm sure he had the passion piece. Um, I'm not sure with him and my grandma, they had the unity piece in place. But, they, you know, they were kind of running the system play but it didn't work and they, they quit and moved back home. And, and so my dad kind of grew up with, with church parents, but not ministry parents. And so my dad kind of did his own thing and, and met my mom and in college and actually got pretty successful after college. So, you know, today it'd be, you know, in the seventies, it'd be equivalent today of making millions and millions of dollars. And so he was really, really successful, but knew that God had more for him. And he was plugged into his church, submitted to his pastor had helped them because my dad was in real estate development, helped them build their buildings, was on the church board. So he was serving actively in his local church. But then he used to just take his like lunch breaks and just kind of fast and pray and go to a quiet spot and just kind of write down what maybe he thought God was speaking to him and just kind of filled up a legal pad with things that God was kind of saying to his heart and questions that he had for God. And then he would just pray and ask for clarity. And then he knew when the time came that God asked him to move and he left everything he built 
and, and the incredible paycheck to go back to seminary, go back to school. And so I went from making, you know, hundreds of hundreds of thousand dollars a year to, to, I think he made like $3 an hour or something like that as a security guard at the seminary he was at. Wow. Uh, but he was so excited. And of course, my mom was on board too. Yeah, fast forward, me and both of my brothers are pastors as well. And so, you know, kind of our family heritage and church leadership came from hearing from heaven. And I wonder what God would want to speak to some of the people that are listening right now that would be bigger than just them, that would be generationally impactful. And, I, you know, the churches in our cities that are prevailing and, and, and making a difference and seeing, you know, lives changed and transformed and reshaping the community for Jesus are normally pastored by people that have really heard from God and know who they're supposed to be and know their calling. And so if you wanted to have a church that's prevailing, you need to like learn to kind of lean into the whisper of God and what he's saying to you. And, and, and so whatever it takes, I think it's like, you know, if you have to do a fast, if you have to eliminate distractions, but I wouldn't move forward until kind of you get the direction from God that you know that's what you're supposed to do because the adversity of church planting it really, you know, we can systematize it all we want, and there's definitely unbelievable wisdom in 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 the systems and structures of church planning. That, that even Ark, as I'm one of the coaches for church planning, we we run a really systematic way of church planning, and it's very effective. But we can't systematize kind of the voice of the Holy Spirit. You've got to hear that for your for yourself. And so, I I would speak to guys right now that are frustrated and tell them stay the course where you're at, honor your pastor, do your like you could be looking up at your workday. Maybe you're a, a youth pastor or associate pastor, or maybe you're just a, a lay leader in your church. You could spend your work hours looking up how to plant churches, but that's really, I think that's dishonoring of the leadership of your church. I think you should go talk to your pastor, you know, pray, pray about it. Go talk to your pastor. Hey, this is a little, little spark in my heart. I'm not saying I made it in my mind. I'm not saying that I'm leaving. This is just what I'm feeling. And see what they say. And maybe they say, no, not yet. Well, go back to work and go back to praying. And you watch and see, you know, if God can move Pharaoh's heart, he can move a pastor that maybe is a little heavy-handed heart as well. Uh, but when he moves on your heart, you're going to know. And that way you and your wife and you and your family are going to have something stronger than just a system to build your church on. You're going to have the voice of God that said this is the way that you should go. And so, you know, if 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 the voice of God can like reshape the whole earth, and if the voice of God can like bring dead things to life, then wouldn't you want the voice of God at work in your ministry, in your church leadership, even from day one? Because it can reshape everything and it can bring dead things back to life. So I would I would put that as the highest priority in church planting is first and foremost you need to hear you need to hear from God that this is what you're called to do. And then you know, your, your your authority in your life, your pastor in your life, they can help you work on the timeline, but God can speak to you that as well. And I just think it's better to get it right with God on your side than try to jump into it just because it's a good a good thing to do for God. You want to do what God's called you to do, not just a not just a good thing that would, you know, maybe 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 build a nice church. Yeah. And you know, Kyle, would you say I had an interesting conversation with some folks we met out here in New England not too long ago. But would you say that, like, it seems like these days that church planting is kind of like the sexy thing to do. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's no longer just, I want to senior pastor one day. It seems like it's now, I want to go plant a church. And at that, 
oftentimes, and I'm not, I'm not trying to like belittle the vision that you have in your uh-huh. heart if you're listening out there, but like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go pastor. Uh, I, I'm going to go launch 10 campuses or 15 campuses or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, when maybe, maybe God just wants you to go serve at another church because, and that, I guess where I'm headed with this is Kyle, do you think like the only options are stay where you are or go plan a church? No, not at all. I think um, one of the best options out there is, is, you know, where can I be most effective? I, I, I honestly didn't need to be in charge. I think my personality now tends to be the kind of person that kind of wants to have the last word on things, but I really wanted to just be used by God. And I think that's kind of like Isaiah, here I am, God, you can use me. Whatever you got to change in me, you can change in me, God, but I'm here, I'm here to be used by you. That's really what God is looking for. He doesn't need you to be an entrepreneur just to build a church. He needs you to take ownership of your own specific calling. And so sometimes I think we could team up together and do, okay, church planning is sexy, and you hear about it all the time. And like every organization and even mainline denominations are getting behind it. And I think that's awesome that people are talking about how can we do new things in new areas. Um, but you, if you're in a city... And now I understand why some of the guys treated me in town the way they treated me when I got here, because there's a new guy every weekend. There's usually new one or two of them in my church every weekend that is telling me about the church they're going to plan. I try my best to be a credible cheerleader and be kind of a big kingdom minded person. But, you know, we, we all like on Instagram or, or any sort of social media platform and listen to the podcast of these handful of church planters that are absolutely like shaping their city five, six, seven years in, you know, there's thousands of people coming, they're building new facilities, cash, all these incredible things. And we should always look to those of what is possible. That's why I love to like, just look at life.church and Craig Groeschel. I mean, it's the largest church in probably American history. I love to look at uh, Pastor Chris Hodges in the Church of the Highlands. He's really my pastor and voice in my life. Um, it, it shows you what's possible. But you also realize that in every church where you're going to plant something, and there's maybe some you've seen some guys do it very well and successful. There's probably another 10 that failed. And I'm not trying to be negative, but I think you've got to count the cost. Like just in the area where we're at in Kansas city, I can look like I could drive around in about two miles from here and point out community centers and schools uh, and even church buildings that the churches aren't around anymore. They were here before us and were stronger than us. There's some that were here launched after us and had a lot more financial resource and seemed like a great team. And they're not even here. I mean, churches have even got up to 400 people in, you know, lots of traction early that kind of dissipated. And so, yes, it is sexy, but it is so difficult. I think you need to tell yourself the truth. That's what the Bible says. Like you got to count the cost, you know, get the wisdom. Don't build that tower until you have everything in order. And, um, so I do think there are more people called to church planning, but I just know everybody has a God calling. And don't try to get your calling to fit a church planting mode. Just own your calling and ask God to reveal more of it to you. And if it is church planting, then you'll be able to step into it. Because it, you know, it isn't like this isn't multi-level marketing. It's not like you're just trying to grab more people. This is really pastoring. Like it's, you know, church planting is pastoring. So you have to be able to take, you know, like. Biblically speaking, Jesus would say, you're like your sheep, and takes it to the place of good pasture. And God naturally, you know, through reproduction, adds more to the flock that you're managing. 
Um, and I think it's the same way. You have to learn how to take people somewhere. If you've never built teams in your ministry, that's your number one job. Because I think it's the, the we don't talk about it enough to put, to build a church and to plan a church. You have to build teams. There's not enough resources to hire a bunch of people. Plus, you're there to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So you have to learn how to get people to do the God thing for their life and to come alive to it. So that, that's what I would say. Okay, so maybe you're at a job in a church and you're not loving it. You don't feel like you're supposed to be there very long. Uh, I would challenge you to change your heart and just love the season that you're in. Honor your pastor and honor the people that are giving the opportunity to serve uh, Jesus at, 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 as a job. And then just start building teams and try to see maybe you're only there for nine more months. Maybe you're there for another year or two. How, why not make that church the best thing it's ever been in the places where you have influence and maybe places where you have authority? Because, you know, it sounds cliche, but how you leave something, you're going to enter the next. But you have the opportunity right now just to build the kingdom of God. And I think, and, and sorry, Jared, I'm, I'm rambling here because I'm passionate about this. I think you should love the opportunity to build God's kingdom more than you should love planting your own church. Mm. And if building God's kingdom, the best way for you to do that for you and your wife and you and your family is to planting a church. And that's amazing. But if you're looking as like being a senior pastor or lead pastor or church planter as a job promotion, I can tell you right now, it's not that it's, I think it's like a demotion (laughs) in the kingdom of God. It's like, you know, you, you, some guys come from such resource rich environments and then you have to go and just kind of make it all happen in your own ingenuity and you got to stretch your resources. It's really difficult. It's really humbling. It's painful. I mean, you literally have people like who say that they're with you one week and aren't there the next and you take that personal. So you need to have a passion that's, that's greater than just being in charge. Um, and I, not to sound like a broken record here, but, it kind of can all come back again to this is what God's called me to do. And and uh, again, if you're anchored in that, you're going to be pretty strong and you'll be able to weather some great storms and do some great things for God. Is that what you were, is that what we were talking about? Absolutely. Like Absolutely. Yeah. That was some, it's just some yeah. amazing advice that man, you're, you're preaching to me right now. Um, I know, I know uh, our time is well, limited. That's good, Cause I'm going to take up an offering here in a minute. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, I, I know your time's limited here, and so I definitely want to be like, respectful. I feel like there's someone on the phone who's got a thousand dollar seat right now, <laughs> and you're going to mail them a cloth if they send. Yeah, I got a send. cloth for you. Yeah, um, you know, hey, just real quick here, I know we've been talking a lot about like hearing from God, and man, this has been some amazing, amazing stuff. What uh, just for our listeners out there, like, what is a book or a podcast that you've been listening to lately, or maybe one of each? Uh, that you would highly recommend that is really helping you in your leadership journey right now? Well, the um, I'll give you a couple real quick. Uh, let me go backwards. Like in 2001, I read Brian Houston's book called For This Cause, um, which is now called For This Reason or, or something like that. They've, they've rebranded it. When I read that, I realized that there was a purpose for my life. Like, I, I, you know, obviously we have Pastor Rick Warren's book, Purpose Driven Life, but this was, I, I knew, it, it just, it gave me a hunger and a desire to discover what that purpose was. And so when I flipped over the back of the book and saw that they had a Bible school, I enrolled in Hillsong Bible College in Sydney. And so I've been a little bit of a risk taker my whole life, and I sold my car to um, to, to go to, to Bible school and kind of went all in. 
And that's why the church is called the Cause Church, because of that book and Pastor Brian's uh, influence in my life. And but when I got back from Bible school, um, I had a great friend. His name is John Reeve, and he's a pastor at a church called the Cause, also in Brea, California. And I was on their kind of youth leadership team there when I got back. And um, he gave me a book from Bill Hybels, just Courageous Leadership, which is kind of a classic. But courageous Leadership, you know, that's where we get the the saying, Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. And, you know, the local church is the representation of Jesus, so the local church is the hope of the world. And then I, I knew, like, I wasn't supposed to be a missionary. I was supposed to build, like, a local church. And that's what I knew I was supposed to do. So that, those books were really pivotal. Those books were really pivotal to me. Um, man, the podcast that I've been listening to, it's a, I listen to so many. Uh, a lot of them I listen to just preaching and teaching ones. You know, my style, uh, we, we are a passionate church and a loud church, um, but I'm nothing like Stephen Furtick in his makeup, but I just, I love how how he just owns his own voice. And so I've been listening to Pastor Stephen, and I don't preach like him. I could never preach like him. People that think they can preach like him can't preach like him. Um, but he... Um, he uh, it just inspires me kind of just to be authentically me, which I think, again, kind of comes back to calling and identity, like just be who you're supposed to be. God has a great plan for your life, not you trying to be someone else. Like, you know, one of the major insecurities I struggled with when I moved here was how young I was. And instead of trying to, well, let me say it this way. I did try to tuck in my shirt and the winter blazer because I thought that was wisdom. But our church was still all millennials anyway. And so what I, I realized, I just had a realization, this is like the low-lying fruit. Why would I go after like this group of people that I have to kind of convince that I could be a spiritual leader in their life instead of the people that were naturally just coming? So I've gone, like I try to, I'm trying to stay forever young, you know? I, I got to exfoliate and use eye cream and all those things now. I'm 35. But our church is about 80%. We'll have 1,000 people or more between 20 and 30 on the weekend. And, you know, they say that only two or three percent of millennials are going to church. I'm like, okay, well, that gives me a 97 percent market share that I can go after. And I'm not thinking it from a business standpoint. I'm thinking it from a kingdom standpoint. This is like a large unreached people group. And if they're naturally going to look up to someone who's 10 years older than them, then why would I not go for that? And so now what we have in our church, I know I changed the subject here, but I just feel like this is really important for young guys to understand. Now what we have is older people, people of influence and people of affluence who just love the energy of the young people. And so they are called here because they've seen the fruitfulness of Liz and I's life and leadership. So I would, I would, any voice that's helping you kind of find out who you are and helping you be be authentically you. And so there's a lot of guys I, I, I love. I love preachers. Like I love T.D. Jakes. I love Jensen Franklin. I love like preachers. When I read books, I normally read Tim Keller. Like I just got his new his new study on Judges and Galatians. I'm excited about that. But when I listen to podcasts, I'm just listening to preaching. It helps me get better and encourages me. I need to get saved like every week, you know, after church leadership. So I I put on a podcast and give my, my heart over to Jesus all over again. That's awesome, man. I, I really appreciate it. I know you got to run and man, we're going to have to have you back because like you said, like 70 yeah, to 80, per, to. 80% of your church is made up of millennials. And um, man, there's just so much that I'd still love to cover with you that we're not able to cover today. Um, and in yeah. fact, folks, uh, big thanks to you, Kyle, because really pretty much all of what we talked today 
was not what we had originally planned. Um, we yeah, went totally. totally off script with this entire thing, and I'm so grateful that we did. I got a ton out of it. I'm sure our listeners did too. Uh, but just to close it out, Kyle, um, two things. If you could, how, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, no, that's number one. How do they go about that? And then number two, just if you have any closing thoughts today as we wrap this up. Yeah, well, you can, um, if you want to get in touch with me, you know, obviously social media platforms are great. I can just search my name and find me. But if you do need to email me for anything, if I can help you in your church planning journey, I would love to. Um, it's just pastor at the cause kc.com, pastor at the cause kc.com, and, uh, and we'll help you get connected the best that we can. I think if I have a, like a final thought, uh, one would be, um, one would be this, just, Right now, decide in your heart, ask God, what do you need to do in order to hear from God about what you're called to do? I mean, for some people, that might be fasting and praying. And for you, maybe it's just instead of taking a, a vacation, you know, you and your spouse just go get away and dream and, and spend some time together. But, you know, I think hearing from God is just so pivotal. So go and do what you need to do. Pick up, you know, a book or start listening to some podcast on hearing from God. If you've not come from a group or church background where that was taught a lot. Um, I would go and, and, and discover some of the things. I think there's a book called Frequency from Robert Morris. Um, it's a great it's a great book. Um, I guess the other thing, if you're really interested in church planning, I'm a huge fan of the church planning group I come out of, which is the Association of Related Churches. They have so much content on their website that can help you understand maybe if you're ready or if you're not. And you can go all over the nation. I know they have them in Boston. They have them here in Kansas City. They have these kind of church table, uh, church roundtable meetups, church planter meetups. And so you can just learn from some other guys who are doing it in your area. Maybe God's called you a different area, but you can learn from the guys that are in your city right now. So I think that's relatedchurches.com. Uh, and so the ARC is a great church planning organization. There's a lot of great ones out there. And um, man, I, I'm just pumped. If anybody gets encouraged to hear from God or to go plant a great church, maybe this is what God used to inspire them. That's just a huge huge privilege to be able to speak that kind of encouragement or direction to anyone's life. So I appreciate anyone who's listening. Jared, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Absolutely, man. Oh, man, my pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on the show, and we will definitely have you back. Sounds great. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions or you want to just give us a digital high five, you can find us at creative underscore sheep on the interwebs. We would love to talk to you. Also, in case you didn't know, this episode is brought to you by creativesheep.org. And you can find the show notes to this show along with all kinds of other goodies at creativesheep.org. So head over there, uh, spend a little time browsing around, uh, drop us a note if you want. And uh, yeah, we'd love to talk to you at some point. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Farewell. Farewell.